Please grab your Bible. Turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. Ephesians, chapter 3. This morning, this Christmas morning, we're, we're picking up in Ephesians 3. And you'll remember where we were in the flow of this chapter. The very beginning of chapter 3, Paul began a train of thought. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles. Now remember how he almost interrupts himself. He breaks his train of thought and he goes on a long digression, thinking about his call to the ministry, thinking about comfort in the midst of sorrow. But then he picks up his train of thought again, returning to the same place as he was starting in verse 1 of chapter 3. He picks up again in verse 14. Now hear the word of the Lord, Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father, we ask today that the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Perhaps you've heard of the book called How to Read a Book. I read it a few years ago and some of my friends made fun of me because they said, well, you already know how to read a book. It's not that hard to read a book. You read one page and you go to the second page and the third page and you keep going until you get to the end. It's very simple. But of course, it's not always that simple that if we want to, to deepen our experience of reading, then we need to think very carefully about how we read. Something as simple as reading has a lot of depths that we don't fully realize on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's the same way in the Christian life, that as we think about prayer, we can always deepen our sense of prayer. Yes, prayer is very, very simple. It's just talking to God. Anyone can pray in that sense. But as we study the prayers of the Bible, we understand more and more the depth of prayer, the beauty of prayer. We learn how to pray better. And so that's what we're going to look at this Christmas morning, to think very briefly about prayer. And we're going to look at three lessons on prayer that I hope will help fill up our prayers this morning. And so the first lesson is that we should pray reverently, that we should pray reverently. And you'll notice in this passage that Paul, as he describes his prayer for the Ephesian Christians, is praying 
reverently. In verse 14, he talks about bowing his knees before the Father. That his, his reverence in prayer is being expressed in the very posture of his prayer as he falls on his knees. And of course, the scripture describes many postures of prayer. Here are a few examples. Sometimes the scripture, as we see here, talks about kneeling. You can think about Jesus in Luke twenty-two forty-one. It says that he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. And sometimes we kneel in prayer as a sign of reverence. Sometimes the scripture talks about standing in prayer. For example, listen to 1 Kings 8, 22. It says, Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands towards heaven and said, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you. So he's standing in prayer with his arms raised, another posture of prayer. Or sometimes the Bible talks about sitting in prayer. For example, in 2 Samuel 7, it says that then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me thus far? That he is praying in a seated position. Where sometimes the Bible talks about praying completely prostrate on the ground, falling on our face. You can think of David when he's afraid that his child will die. He spends all night laying on the floor face down. Or in Nehemiah 8.6, it says that Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, and lifting up their hands. And then they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So that can be another posture of prayer. Or sometimes we may be praying as we go about our daily business. For instance, in Ephesians 6.18, it says that we should pray at all times in the Spirit. So you may pray while you're driving your car or while you're taking a walk or, or while you're doing chores. But all of this is bringing together this idea of reverence, that when we pray, we pray reverently with an awareness of God. So that's something to, to think about today as you pray, this week as you pray, to reflect on the very posture of your prayer. And it may be different at different times. There's no correct posture of prayer. Maybe at times you kneel, maybe at times you stand, maybe at times you fall on your face, or maybe you look up to heaven, or maybe you look down at the ground and and humility, but to, to seek at all times this reverence in prayer, the, the joy of praying to the great God of the Bible. So that's the, the first lesson on prayer, that we are to pray reverently. But then the second lesson is that we should pray theologically. And of course, that flows from a sense of reverence, that we're reverent because we have a sense of who God is as we pray, that we're praying theologically. And notice how Paul is, is praying 
theologically in our text. He, he says that, that he is praying to the Father. It says that he is praying that they might be granted strength through God's Spirit. He's praying for a sense of the, the knowledge of the love of Christ. That this is a Trinitarian prayer. He's, he's praying to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's aware of the triune nature of the one God as he prays. But then also notice how he's, he's praying the attributes of God back to him. He's speaking of God as creator from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. He's speaking of the glory of God. He's speaking of the love of God. He's speaking of the incomprehensibility of him, the, the love of God that surpasses knowledge, that he has his, his mind fixed on the theological reality of God. And that's something that we see in any great collection of prayers. If you read the book of Psalms, the inspired prayer book of the Bible, you'll see that those are theological prayers. That so often the psalmist is thinking about the reality of God and praying that reality of God back to God. Or you can think of other collections of prayer, like the Valley of Vision. It's a collection of Puritan prayers. R.C. Sproul um, says that he thinks it's one of the, the best prayer books outside of the book of Psalms. And as you, if you read the, the prayers in the Valley of Vision, it's the same thing where you see that this rich view of God, that they're, they're praying the reality of God back to God, praying theologically. And that's something that I would encourage all of us to do as we think about prayer this Christmas morning. Pray Trinitarian prayers. Be aware that you're praying to one God, not to three gods. But then be aware that you're praying to the Father, that you're praying by the power of the Spirit, that you're pay, praying through Christ, to know Christ, to see Christ. And then pray the attributes of God back to him. Be aware of his love that surpasses knowledge, of his glory, of his mercy, of his justice, let the reality of God overwhelm you when you pray, that you're not going through motions, just saying empty words, but you know God theologically as you pray. So that's the, the second lesson on prayer this Christmas morning, to pray theologically. And so we said that we pray reverently, theologically, but then third and finally, we should pray experientially. That we should pray with this experience of God. And notice that here in our text, the Apostle Paul is praying experientially. He's not praying about a topic that he knows only intellectually. That is, he talks about the love of Christ, the fullness of the Lord, the glory of God that he's talking about something that, yes, he understands theologically with his mind, but he's talking about something that has deeply impacted his experience in day-to-day -day life. And it reminds me of someone who tastes a really good food and then says, wow, this is amazing. You have to taste this. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying this experience 
that I have experienced of the love of God is so amazing, so glorious, that I want others to experience it. And so that is going to be the, the motivation of my prayer, saying, Lord, if you've given me this experience, by your grace, give this deeper experience of the love of God to others as well. So he's praying from an experience of the love of God, for an experience of the love of God. And that's how we can pray as well this Christmas morning. That we pray from a deep abiding experience of the love of God. And then we also pray for an experience. You could pray that for yourself. That if you've never experienced the love of God, then you take the words of Paul here and you pray it for yourself. You say, Lord, I want to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. I want to know the, the length and the breadth and the height and the depth. I want to be filled with all the fullness of God, praying that, saying, Lord, open the eyes of my heart that I can know your love. But then remember also that Paul is praying this for believers. And so if you are a believer this morning, you can pray this for yourself, that, that this Christmas you can have the greatest gift that you could possibly have, which is to be rooted and grounded in love, to have strength with all of the saints to comprehend what is the breadth and length and height and depth, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Because the love of Christ surpasses knowledge, that means even if you have experienced it, you can experience more and more and more. That the experience of the love of Christ can always go deeper. It can always go wider. It can always go farther. It can always go higher. That there's no limit to the experience of the love of Christ. And so we pray, Lord, give me this experience. But then we don't just pray it for ourselves, we pray it for others as well. And so my challenge would be to you this morning, pray this for those in your life. You could even go down a list of people within your family and just pray one at a time that they would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that they would be filled with all the fullness of God. Maybe that's praying for them as non-believers who don't know the love of Christ. Maybe it's praying for them as believers to deepen that knowledge of Christ. And we're, we're praying this, Lord, let this characterize Hope Church. Let this characterize my family. Let us all know the love of Christ. And so again, this morning we pray reverently. We pray theologically. And then ultimately we pray experientially. By the grace of God, all for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a glorious God, that you are one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that this morning, as we get ready to go about our day as we get to ready to celebrate Christmas. We pray for rich prayers, 
we, we want to, to pray with an awareness of the reality that is you, the reality of God. We don't want to be formalists who only go through the forms of outward religion, but we want to be Christians who know and have experienced your love. So Lord, we pray that for all of us today to know the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ. And Lord, we know that we have not experienced enough of that. Lord, to the degree that we have experienced it, we know that that we can go deeper. And so Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for our shallow view of your love, for not desiring more of your love. So Lord, we pray that you would baptize us deep under the water of your love, uh, that you would show us the, the glory of Christ. We pray that we could be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord, we pray this as well for our friends and our families, for all those in our circle of influence, that you would bring this reality to them as well, that this would characterize not just our Christmas morning, but our Christmas day, the rest of this year, and the year to come. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.